Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. You know, there's engineering tables where they say, okay, I'm going to calculate the strength of a beam, for instance, right? Or a floor joist. They'll give you that wood species. They don't give you whether it's old growth or new growth. They just say, what's the size? What's the species? Here's the length you can work with. So I think it's it's a waste of energy to, to get hung up on the old growth, new growth, because Really, you're not seeing in lumber out there old growth forest stuff showing up in the lumber yard. It's just non-existent. So really what you want to be looking at, if you want that tighter grained wood, you want to be getting, you know, the fir hardwood versus the hemlock, which is a little softer. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we help you become that great caretaker of that house you're living in or that one that you want to be living in. Hey, Caroline, how are you today? Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We're going to talk about a hotly debated subject this hour, lumber. Let's talk about what issues have you had, because you're in the middle of some uh, remodeling projects around your place. What issues have you had with lumber? Well, let's start off that carpenters, and every time I hire a carpenter, and I have a couple of them that I really like, they complain that the lumber is different from today versus, Mm -hmm. let's say, 30 years ago. Houses are built with, they use the word, less quality lumber. Is it true? So there's a, there's a bunch of facets to this. So we'll break this down. You know, you will walk into a lumber yard and see many times lower quality lumber, or you'll walk into a home center. So there's multiple reasons for that. First off is the grade of lumber that that lumber yard is buying. Many times, if you walk into a lumber yard that is designed around that spec home builder, that's building, you know, it's a, it's a, they're cranking out lumber to all the spec home builders out there, the big developments. They're mm-hmm. carrying either finger jointed or the cheapest lumber they can because it's all about price, which means you're getting from a mill that has lower quality lumber or they're buying a grade that is much lower. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when so, I go through, mm-hmm. so like if I pull into a lumber yard, I always pick my own lumber. Like I go through and look at all the different pieces and pick what I want. A lot of people rely on their contractor to bring their own stuff. And I don't recommend that because you don't know what you're getting. But see, here's the problem. You are now being part of the problem. <laughs> here's why. So if you walk into a home center and if you show up right when that associate is pulling that bunk of lumber down out of the overhead and putting it in the rack, they're cutting the bands or pulling the covering off, off you go into it, 
you will probably have a higher quality lumber than what many of the lumber yards have. Mm. But here's the problem because they're storing that lumber indoors in a very dry environment because there's air conditioning and things like that. That lumber tends to warp more. And then the first five homeowners that walk in are picking the best lumber out of that. They're going, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. This is perfect. This has no knots. So by the time you show up a couple hours later, somebody's already high graded the lumber that you've picked. (laughs) High graded. So now you've got the crap stuff, right? So now you've got the (laughs) junk that was left. So that's the challenges. If you walk into a lumber yard, most of the time, the homeowners haven't gone in there. The contractor's gone in. They've picked the stuff up. Well, I know. But see, you're (laughs) part of the problem now. You've gone in there and high graded it. So the next contractor comes in and goes, oh, man, look at this lumber quality. It's horrible. (laughs) And some of this has gotten worse over the year because of the price of lumber. So we've had over the last couple of years, a very volatile lumber futures price, right? It's all over the place. That's Mm -hmm. why lumber prices have been up. They've been down. They've been all over the place. The problem is, is when the prices are high, lumber yards are buying as little as they can because they think the numbers are going to go down. So they don't want to buy, let's say they buy a, a two by four at $6 a piece, but they think next month, they're going to get it at $3. They're not ordering a bunch of material. They're ordering right. just they enough to keep it on the something. shelf. Yeah. It's like the stock market. Lumber is like the stock market. It is. So now when you see the price go lower, they start getting under it. But one of the problems you have too is that lumber yards, like we were talking about, you get that different grade of lumber. They're buying it as cheap as they can to get the cheapest stuff. And so you'll see different grades of lumber, but generally the home centers are trying to beat that quality of lumber, like Home Depot, Lowe's, those big guys, they're trying to bring in better quality of lumber, but it's the homeowners picking through the pile is the problem. Well, and Eric and I were just having this discussion as I was very disappointed in the lumber quality at a couple of the lumber yards that I went to. And I was saying that I went to the big box stores and I found that their quality was better, which used to not be the case. Yeah, it used and to not so be And so the there's case. this... Right. And now it seems like you can get better stuff at a local box store. Now, I don't know what's going on. If, if it's the pricing that's affected how much the lumberyard's getting and, you know, th- they can get a better price when you go through a big box store. I'm sure they can negotiate, you know, with the lumber sure. uh, manufacturers. But it's not just that. It's so. the individual lumberyards of who they're buying the, mil- the lumber from, of the quality of lumber they're getting. If you're working and I've worked in lumberyards where you've ordered materials and you've ordered stuff, you know which mills are kicking out the best quality lumber. You might be paying a little more for it. And so lumber yards that that tend to focus more on the remodeling and homeowners tend to have a little better quality than the lumber yards that go after the spec builders. So those are huge ones. And I think that's an important one. Let's just talk really briefly about like if someone's going to grab a piece of lumber you know, what is a good piece of lumber? Like not go off the rails on it, but just to kind of talk about like things I look for, like you don't want it delaminating. You don't want knots. You don't knots want are fine. If you're buying framing lumber, lot knots are not a big deal. It don't matter really. Depends you're, on what you're doing, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're just framing up a wall, uh, unless the knot has a split in it or it's not tight, doesn't matter. 
you're really grabbing it. Is it straight enough to work with? Can I move it into place? Is it going to stay there good enough? That's what you're looking for. It doesn't really matter if you're looking on the edge and it's got a little bit of twist to it, just a little bit. Ah, you'll be fine. Especially when you're framing up a wall. Now, the difference is here is that if you want to go, we're going to talk about this a little later. That's maybe where engineered lumber might be a better fit for you. And we'll talk about that later in the show. But then, you know, when you're picking stuff, don't worry about a knot in it, especially with stuff. And we'll talk about this later as well. You know, we're getting trees now that are newer growth. You know, they're not waiting for these trees to be 100 years old before they harvest them. Maybe they're 25. So they're harvesting them a little early, which means you have more knots because you think about it. You've got a smaller log. It still has branches. Trees got to have branches to live. Mm -hmm. So it's going to have more knots in it because those knots are still there. It's a smaller tree. So you're working with more lumber to the exterior than a big, huge 100-year-old old old growth tree. How about the rings too? Like I've noticed uh, my contractor always asked me to go with a, try to see if it has a bigger ring. So I guess that means it's an older piece of wood versus smaller rings. The ring size depends on how much water it had and how fast it was growing. So if you Mm -hmm. look at a tree and it's got a really tight ring pattern on it, Mm -hmm. that is because it probably didn't either have sunlight or water and it grew really slowly. Where if you have a tree that was maybe they clear-cutted that area and this tree was growing fast, those rings are going to be wider because they maybe got more water or they grew faster. So it's a, a fast of growth. And a lot of the memes that you see, and we're going to go out to break here. Or does he? So why does he like the ring? So he's saying, is it, I forget, it's either tighter or bigger. He looks tighter, at the ring. They like the tighter, but it really tighter. doesn't make that much difference. And let's, let's actually talk about that when we come back because that's an important one because there's a huge myth out there that you see on social media that's completely wrong. Let's talk about that just as soon as Around the House returns. What's up? This is Stick and Satchel from Steel Panther, and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. Yeah. We love Eric G, and you should too. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Caroline and I have been talking about Well, we've been talking about lumber today. And right when we were jumping out to break there, we were talking about kind of the the debate of the rings around wood. You had a contractor that was saying, hey, I want to get really tight wood with just a little tight rings to it versus the the bigger space between the rings, right? Correct. Yeah, he was making me get pieces that were, he felt, now he comes from, like I was explaining to Eric, he's like three generations of being a carpenter. So for some reason, the quality of the wood is very important to him. Well, here's the thing. If you look at the old growth wood, which tends to have those tighter rings in it, just because the way they've grown, they've grown up, it's more stressful environment. Yes, that is slightly harder wood than the stuff that's grown a little quicker. Is there a difference in it? Not really. I mean, it is a little bit, but engineering wise, if you pull up an engineering table and say, okay, I'm using this species of wood. There is no engineering table that says, oh, that's old growth wood. So it's this strong and new growth wood is this strong. No, there's no difference there. So it's really, you know, is the the tighter old growth stuff a little more dimensionally stable? Sure, it's, it's a little tighter, but when it's all been kiln drying, it's all been the water dried out of it. 
It doesn't make that big a difference. And out of the forests being harvested out there, the last number I saw, there's only 7% left of forests that are able to be harvested that have old growth lumber in them. So it's just really something that's non-existent out there. Existent. Mm-hmm. So you'll see a tree or two that'll come through that's got that. Maybe they're in the canyon where there's shade or it's in an area where it didn't get a lot of water. Or it was really hard ground the tree came out of. So you'll see that. But I want to address before we talk about this next one here within the lumber category. There's a meme that you see out there in social media where they've got the one that's the really ring, really tight rings and one with the really wide rings. And they're like, oh, that new growth stuff is junk and all that. Here's the problem. That meme has two different wood species that grow at two completely different rates. One of them is more of a soft wood. One of them is more of a hard wood. So it's completely false. It keeps getting debunked. It shows up in woodworking and and, in construction stuff. And that should be kind of, I mean, if you want to get a hardwood lumber, go get a hardwood lumber. You'll get that. But don't go looking through the 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 kiln dried cheapy studs at the lumber yard expecting to get that. If you want to order in a hem fur or something like that, order it in, you know, versus yeah, a uh, yeah. I'm a Doug fur. Oh, and just there's a couple things too. I've got a lot of questions for Eric. So the thing I was looking at Doug fur, right? And what we're noticing now is that a lot of the wood is more sugary, which creates the mold growth. So when you're looking at the lumber yard, you could see a lot of moldy wood if it was exposed to the elements, but also that sugar causes the mold to even grow. And that seems to be a problem, they say, from all this quick growth too, that the wood is sugary. No, not really. What the what the difference is, is many times is you've got lumber there that might not have been kiln dried. And what you see is that kiln dried is they actually take the wood. And here's the difference. Like out on the on a coast, if you're too close to a coast, they might not kiln dry that wood in that lumber yard. It could just be green lumber that shows up. Mm-hmm. So when they kiln dry it, they take it in, they stack it up with air going between it, and they put it in an oven and bake the humidity out of it. So they okay. force dry it. So they'll get it up in there to 140, 150 degrees. If there's any mold or mildew on it at that point, it's dead. It's killed it. Mm-hmm. So it's come through, it kiln dries it, it makes it so it's more dimensionally stable. It's all stacked. And that's where you get that, you'll see the KD on it, that's kiln dried. And so that's where it is. Now in coastal areas, what can happen is if you're in a very humid, moist area, they won't kiln dry it. They won't do that KD because that will now suck moisture up when you put it out there in a high humid area. But now the problem mm-hmm. is, is when you build a house, let's say you build a two or three story house you could see up to an inch of shrinkage as that house dries out. So there's some of the issues you have to be careful with. For instance, in Florida, they run into that where you build a house, they have to go back and retension those cable ties or rod ties that hold the house down because they'll tighten it up. But once they get everything loaded up, it compresses down and they've got maybe an inch where they've lost an inch in there just from framing. We see a lot of moldy wood at the lumberyard here. I don't know why that happens. Like, I'm not sure if it's not, you know, it's, it has the KN on it. Um, but it always was my, that means it's been sitting out for a long time in a moist right. area. You know, that's why you don't see that in the lumber yards because it literally leaves the kiln drying 
It's usually wrapped up in plastic and it goes right indoors in a lumberyard. So my secret is, is I like to see lumberyards at least have the lumber in a covered area, like indoor, a, a roof area or covered. Right. And uh, usually that'll eliminate the mold. Yeah, I think, I think too, we sense. have so much humidity here that it's very different, right? I think they put this stuff up, they stack mm-hmm. it up. And if, even if you get some back spray that like comes in, you know, say you get a real bad storm that's coming sideways, all these lumber yards are open, yep. except they have a roof, right? But stuff yep. gets in and I think they get moldy. So that is a problem that we have, I think, yeah. in the Northeast, particularly because of our humid conditions. Well, I want to talk about in this segment here next about OSB and plywood. Mm, my favorite. Because there's some interesting stuff there. You know, I'm seeing now with water intrusion, and we're not talking like, you know, Zip System is all OSB, for instance. They use an oriented strand board for theirs, but they've got the weather resistant barrier built on the outside. So getting water into it is not an issue. It's not coming from the outside. Mm -hmm. So that's not an issue. But some of the issues I'm seeing with plywood now is that the glues they're using, which are very similar to the OSB, by the time the plywood gets wet, that plywood starts to delaminate a little bit quicker because they're using greener glues. Oh, I saw that with um, the contractor was working on a job and before they even got the roof up, I think they had one day of bad weather and the plywood just started to delaminate right away. Yep. So you're seeing that. So you got to be careful. That's why I kind of, you know, the zip systems and some of this other stuff, you don't worry about that because that already has that barrier on it. So it's not going to ever delaminate or come off because you've got that, you know, they put the roof on, they get the the sheathing up there, they get it taped. Other than a flood where you're going to get the backside wet, it's really not going to be an issue. So you got to be careful with your wood selections on that. Um, you don't want to get it where that thing's getting wet. We have that in Portland here. We're, we're in the wintertime that, you know, in Seattle as well. It's a West Coast coastal issue where we get the rain. We'll have houses that are being built and all of a sudden the outside is black of the sheet goods because of the rain and the mold and the moisture. And this can also happen in basements. So if your basement's unfinished and you have exposure to all your studs and flooring above it that can I've seen I've walked into so many houses for inspection and I've seen all the delamination that takes place especially on the quiet floor systems and I know people like them and that's where we go but I've seen a lot of it so that takes us back so to like the anything old, in that situation you got to control the humidity right 100% there you go so that's one of the keys to this and when we come back here I want to talk about another big subject And this is a big one. There's a lot of different debates out there with wood and genetically modified wood. Let's talk about that when Around the House returns. Hey, this is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from Keel, the Ron Keel Band and Steeler. We are rocking around the house with Eric G. Raise your fist, make your stand. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Make sure that you, if you're just tuning in and catching us for the first time that you've got the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe. Love to hear some comments. And if you want to send us comments, you can go over to aroundthehouseonline.com. And uh, we'd love to see some great reviews of the podcast as well. If we've helped you on something, we'd love to see those reviews up there on the podcast. Well, Caroline, we've been debating the big lumber debate. 
what's going on with lumber out so there? So much to know. Right? So much to know. So many different types of lumber. There is. And I wanted to jump into something that I've seen a lot of myths online that aren't really true. So let's let's debate this right now. But I want to hit, before we get into that debate, I want to talk about some differences. There's genetically modified woods, which are a debate, and two, engineered woods. And I always thought the two were the same. They're not. No, an engineered wood is, for instance, like timber strand by Weyerhaeuser is an engineered wood. That is actually a two by four or two by six that's made that looks like OSB. It's a stranded wood that is put and glued Mm -hmm. together. So kind of like an OSB board, but it's made into two by by four, two by six. So like the timber strand LSL framing is a good one. I have used this stuff. I love it. And I'll tell you why. The reason why I love that product is it is always straight. It doesn't warp. And it is stronger because there's no knots and bends and stuff in it. So in today's framing, like when you frame up a wall, you can do 24 inches on center and fill that whole cavity up with insulation and have a stronger wall than if you had 16 on center. Because every time that you have a stud, that is a place where energy easily goes through the wall because wood lets heat go through it. Mm-hmm. So right. the bigger insulation bays you can have, the more energy efficient that house is. But the problem comes down to, from my perspective, it's the same with the OSB. We've got no moisture penetration, which helps with your energy recovery costs. However, we've got to get rid of the moisture in the home because if you put this stuff up and it's not breathable, doesn't allow vapor through. Yep. We got mold. Exactly. So, I mean, that's why you have your your weather resistant barrier on the outside, you know, that kind of stuff to keep that mm-hmm. going through there. But this gives you a much better insulation from that. Now, a genetically modified or an engineered, genetically engineered wood is where they're taking, science is taking and trying to create new, faster growing species of wood. Now, is that available for sale in the United States for lumber? Not at all. You can't buy it here. So it's not Where a do thing. They have it? Is it, or they're just trying they're to do trying it. They're trying to do it, um, but there's just been too many, too many fights from environmental people to be putting in new made species out there in the forest that I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. You might see it out where they're, where they're planting it, you know, and, and doing that. Now, there are some woods where they've done hybrids like any other plant or any other where they combine two species together, you know, like how they could create to make a strong, right. yeah, make a, 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 a new hybrid wood. Like um, one that I used to use in cabinets was a uh, Liptus, which is a eucalyptus hybrid where it's almost like a eucalyptus wood and a mahogany. And that was really cool for cabinetry because they would grow so quickly and so hard. You'd get this really great hardwood. And that wood would grow up. You could cut it off and harvest it off the trunk and it would grow right back up again. Well, that was like we were talking about the fur. They're mixing the fur with. No, the, the, no, the they've type. got. No, they've got. They have not really been doing that with the fur that those are just regular 
hemlock fir trees that are out there. So they're not hybrid those. Those are just regular forest wood that they're grabbing. There was a different type. Um, my contractor was telling me that they were mixing two types of woods together. And it was, I think it started with an L. Mm. It was fir and, and it has a, a specific marking on it, but it wasn't oh, hemlock. Maybe that, it it, well, it's a else. mixture. It's, that's a larch or something like that probably is what yes, it is. Yes, yes. But yeah, that's just, it's a that's, fir and a larch. Yeah, mm. that's, just the, that's just the species of wood that that is. So that's just a different species. Oh, so it's not. Yeah, it's not a, it's not not a genetically it. modified blended wood from that point of view. Gotcha. That's just a different wood species or a subspecies of that. And it really just depends on Got what it. type of what they planted, you know, in the, in the forest the last time they take it down. And that's one of the things that we see out there is that, you know, um, when you go out and harvest an area for lumber, they go back and it's federal law. They have to go back and plant that area. So uh, it makes it that they ask to get planted. And then of course that, that timber company that owns the land, or the landowner will in 20 to 40 years have lumber that they can reharvest again and then it'll produce. And so you're seeing more and more of that. But that's kind of the difference between those two, the gen- genetically modified wood, which doesn't exist. And then you have the the engineered wood, which I think and it's a great, it's a great place to use it in certain places. If I'm going to be doing a bathroom or a kitchen, an interior wall, I love using that timber strand framing because it is dead straight. Never an issue. You can lay that in there. It's going to be solid. It's not going to move. It doesn't shrink and expand like a, like a lumber does. Uh, It also doesn't absorb moisture and water like a regular two by four does. So I like that as well. Yeah. I try to explain it to my clients that when you use a real wood, it has the ability to take on moisture and release it back into the air, right? So think about a tree. When a tree gets wet, what does it do? It doesn't get all moldy and decay and fall apart. It basically has the ability to take on that water and then release it. But a lot of these engineered products, which are my concern, you know, I look at it from a different perspective than Eric is. I'm looking from a health perspective. I get worried about them because I don't feel they have the durability when it comes to the moisture control. So we have different opinions on that. Yeah. See, I look at it, you know, if you look at a, in a basement, for instance, if you look at a two by four, that's been in a moist wall cavity, it's still going to be gross. It's that two by four breaks down and gets so nasty that two by four. And I've been in them where they look like gray mush. Of course. And we're not saying that you can, where they've just, you can use lumber and just dump water on it and keep expect it to keep coming back. That's not it, but it does have the ability to last longer when it is exposed. So if you have a a damp basement that is prone to some dampness in higher humidity, you might want to stay away from an engineered product because you're going to have problems Yeah, a little bit quicker. Depending on the product. Exactly. Yeah. In those situations, you're almost better using a treated anyway, that's got something in it like copper or something like that to stop the rust, the, to stop the decay. And in most houses that is required to be touching concrete anyway. So if, if you build a basement out there, that bottom sill plate is required to be a treated, treated wood with, anyway, that's up against the concrete. I see a lot so of places down the sh- ground allow, uh, down yep. by the ocean where, you know, people want to refinish basements and they'll use treated lumber. And then they complain because it's very aromatic, right? It's got a lot of smell to a pressure treated wood. So, um, but yeah, and what I do is actually recommend they open up the windows on, you know, especially if you're in a shore area and let that salt water come in because it'll really outgas it faster. Get rid of a lot of Well, and what happens is, and let's talk about this before we go out to break, because this is an important one with this. 
when you get treated lumber that has been kiln drying and then what they do is they either soak it or inject it with that treatment nice. so when you're working with that i mean it's it's you know it's much healthier than it was before it's not really toxic like, like a turkey you still got to be careful <laughs> with it. yeah yeah so the, you'll notice it when you're fastening down you'll actually be screwing into it and if this was sitting inside you know wrapped up in plastic in a lumberyard when you're putting the screws into it, it's pushing the water out. You'll see the moisture come out of it. It's that wet. So it's just something you have to take into account that that's going to that's gonna dry out in time. So when you're smelling that, that's just the wood drying out in a less humid space. Mm. So you're getting the moisture out of that. Gotcha. So that's a key. All right. When we come back, let's dive into this one. This is a big one here. We're going to talk about the debate of old growth and new growth lumber mm -hmm. and recycled lumber, which is another key one. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Right. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Carolina and I, we've been talking about lumber and all the myths, issues, and things that we see with lumber coming out of lumber yards. And this segment here, Caroline, I want to take on the old growth versus new growth debate and then talk about recycled lumber as well, because that's a new mm -hmm. thing. What have you seen out there with the, have you been running into recycled lumber on job sites that you've seen yet? Is it something that uh, you're seeing out in your area? No, no, but I always question like where was the lumber originally and are those toxic things that it could have potentially been exposed to, like pesticides, herbicides? Like you always told me the story about that pickle. I always think about <laughs> a pickle company yep. where the lumber stunk like pickle. I mean, how can you really get that stuff out? And does that end up in our wood? And now we're, you know, as an environmental person, yeah. you know, consultant, what do I have to look for in a house? Am I going to have to be worried? Yeah, a couple things. So, yeah, that was a project that we did. We we're using uh, trying to build a big mantle, fireplace mantle. and Client went and got some reclaimed wood. It came from the Nally Valley Pickle Factory. You know, like <laughs> Nally potato chips. This was Nally Valley in yes. Tacoma. This is where they came out with all their Nally pickles. And yes, it was a beautiful piece of redwood that was probably 100 years old that was that had pickle juice soaked in it for 100 years. So oh it was God. not good. But now here's the big thing that we're seeing. And there's a trend. And we'll talk about this first before we get into the old growth versus new growth debate. But what you're seeing now is that you're seeing, like in Portland here where we're at, if you're going to tear down a house built before 1940, it has to be dismantled and recycled. Period. I can't bring an excavator in there and knock it down. It has to get hand disassembled. So now those lumber, that lumber's coming out and trying to be used in construction projects. Well, the problem was, is you run into code issues where that lumber wasn't stamped, it's reused. Is it what it is? Yeah, I mean. So there's some issues with it. What you're starting to see now of companies here locally is you're starting to see some companies doing it. But what they're doing is they're taking that lumber and they're kiln drying it again to kill the stuff in it. So they're killing wood. They're baking out chemicals. You know, most of the time in a house, it's not an issue. You know, you're not having it like it was a. I'd be more concerned if that lumber came from an industrial site than if it was right, you know, a house built in 1920. 
But you've got, you've got houses. I mean, we have chloridane, we have chemicals that, you know, you think old farmhouses are a particular problem because they were exposed to a lot. What if you had a fire? Mm-hmm. I mean, we test a lot of these things. It makes me nervous, I have to say, because 100%. I know what's in a house and I, and I wouldn't want to see it end up in somebody else's house. And then like any wood, it gets harder as it ages, right? So now you run into issues when you're putting that together. A lot of that wood that's hard, it's really hard, you know? And so you've got yeah. old growth lumber that was cut out of the forest, you know, hundred years ago. Now it's rock hard because it's had a hundred years of aging to it. And so now it's harder to work with. It's harder to nail. It's harder to work, you know, into the, into the mm-hmm. project. So you're seeing that. Now you're seeing on a lot of these things, we talked about it earlier, but the old growth versus new growth lumber, you know, and that's kind of what I think what your contractor was talking about with part of what they were con- talking about was, you know, trying to the find rings. some more old growth, tighter ringed wood. And yes, technically that is a more dense, more, you know, stable wood. But we talked about a little bit earlier and we were debating it. Really what it comes down to is if you look at the strength and the engineering of what you're doing. So if you, you know, there's engineering tables where they say, okay, I'm going to calculate the strength of a beam, for instance, right? Or a floor joist. Mm -hmm. They'll give you that wood species. They don't give you whether it's old growth or new growth. They just say, what's the size? What's the species? Here's the length you can work with. So I think it's, it's a waste of energy to, to get hung up on the old growth, new growth, because really you're not seeing in lumber out there, old growth forest stuff showing up in the lumber yard. It's just non-existent. So really what you want to be looking at, if you want that tighter grained wood, you want to be getting, you know, the fir hardwood versus the hemlock, which is a little softer. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get some of that stuff that is really kind of a hard one. It's beautiful, but you're going to pay for it. So now you're paying 50% more or double for the studs to get that. Does that make sense? So you don't think that yeah, if you're working, well, I mean, you're, well, you're hundred percent right. First off, you can't get old wood anyway, right? That's kind of like the point. Yeah. All you can get is new wood. So, I mean, is there anything when you're selecting this that you can do better? And you're saying, not really. Not really. And if you're worried about it, you know, if you're worried about getting something that's straight, perfectly, it's going to be the most dimensionally stable, you should be going over the timber strand or their competitors because that's going to be a, a, a stronger, more dimensionally stable wood anyway, because it's engineered. It's mm-hmm. not going to move. And that's the issue there. If you're framing up and you want it perfect, you're not looking at lumber anymore. You're looking at the at the uh, stranded the stranded hardwoods where they're put together. Yeah, good call. Depends what you're doing. So the job, you know, you got to, again, planning, making sure that you're getting the right materials for the job. It's important. And if you're framing with this new, like that new LSL framing, you're using less lumber now because you're going 24 inch on center versus 16 and you're creating actually a, a, a more efficient home by doing it. So if you're paying a little bit more for the lumber, you have no waste. So you really have to start looking at it. How much lumber did you buy? How much could you not use because it was twisted? The lumber yard dropped it off. Right. How much are you wasting at the end of the day? You're like, oh, that's crap. Not getting that. Not using that. Yeah. So you really got to think about how much you're wasting. 
And this is pretty efficient because you're using really the waste product of wood from the sawmill, those big chips and strands that they're putting on, depending on the product you get. You know, that stuff's different in that they've weaved the grain together on the wood correctly to give you that dimensional strength. Interesting. So it's interesting stuff. Pluses and minuses. Yeah, yeah, there's pluses and minuses to both, right? There is. And so you just kind of have to figure out how you want to battle that and how you want to work with it. But just like I said, uh, when all of us go into that lumber yard or home center and we start really picking for the pretty stuff, we should be probably over in a different bunk of lumber if it's going to be appearance grade. We should now be looking over at like the S4S sanded finished, you know, whatever the the sanded finished side is. We want to have appearance grade lumber, not framing lumber if it's something you're going to be seeing. Because really, mm-hmm. framing lumber is framing lumber. It's going to get buried behind something. And if you're trimming something out, then you should be over looking at the more decorative woods to finish that project with. That way you get the right materials. Sounds good. I like us using some of these recycled woods. I think there's a great way. I think we still have a long way to go, though, to make sure that we're doing it safely. Because, Caroline, you're right. Exactly. Um, I want to make sure that that stuff's coming there. In the... I'd love to see some scientific studies on it to see if they'd have to do they'd have to do some science because a lot of these toxic pesticides and herbicides that we have used over the years have very very long lifespans. We're talking 20 years. Like they could be in the wood and have exposure to the air and still maintain their integrity. So I would be interested to see how they're getting that out of the wood, you know, when they're recycling, because I just don't think it's really happening. I would like to go get some 2 i 4s and cut them up and send them off for testing and see what we see out there that's been, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm curious, because if you think yeah, about I'm, it. No, I, I'm yeah. with you. Uh, you I know, and I don't fail. know. I'm not the <laughs> scientist here, right? I'm not, I'm not, I don't play one on TV either. I'd love to see how maybe throwing that in that kiln for kiln dry. Does it, does it bake that stuff out? Does it kill it? Does it break it down? Does it make it worse? Does it make it better? I get that you're killing the mold and mildew and pests and things like that. You know, that kiln dry is going to kill those things. If right, you had some biologicals, yeah. right. But when you're dealing with pesticides and things that have half life and they break down into other metabolites and you've got other issues. So, you know, you could actually make something worse. You know, you could take a glyphosate and break it down into an AMPA, which is, you know, yeah. could be just as bad or worse. You're right. So that's my thing. And, so and yeah, again, you know that, too much. Yeah. And that, that's the thing too. If you're out, you know, shopping for reclaimed lumber for that project inside the house, we've talked about it many times, but just make sure you know where it came from. And, and, and if you can get that uh, kiln dry and there's probably some, like in my area here, I'm, I'm out in lumber country, but I had a place that I was buying my wood from here that has since closed up during COVID, but they had a place right down the street where all their materials would go in, get kiln dried, which would take care of a lot of those issues that were pests, bugs, mites, mold, mildew. It would kill that. And so it wasn't an issue. Where do you go for your lumber? See, I go to lumber yards, but now after looking at what some of the home centers, I was in there looking at the wood, I was kind of impressed. I'm like, wow, I think the wood's better than what's at my lumber yard. So where do you go traditionally? It can be. Um, I've got a little lumber yardy here. There's a big one in my area that I use, but I, I, many times I'd go in there and I'd get my lumber, I'd buy it, go back to the backyard and the stuff was so junk. I'd go back and actually, I ended up going back and getting my refund twice. And when I hear the music, Caroline, uh-oh. it's time to go. Hey, I'm Eric G. I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. House. Love is a love song. Let's be lovers. We're all over the radio. Take my 
Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.